Culture and Psychology with Tabana. Very warm hello to our Radio Bomb Dad listeners. I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alex Andrade, and you here um, are talking as uh, casual as we are, but we always connect our ga- casual conversation, something to do with psychology. And today, before the show, we started talking about puzzles, and uh, Dr. Rockers um, has created some very interesting puzzle. We started talking about that. And then all of a sudden we decided, let's just talk about it on the show. So basically the connection between what we were talking to psychology is, can we make difficult things doable? Can we think bigger about even games that we play and different things we do that we enjoy while they have a lot of challenge and difficulties? So one of the example is um, we know that many mountain climbers, many people who do even more challenging stuff, they put themselves into danger. They put themselves into so many unknowns, but there's a strong drive in them that they want to go through this challenge. So today's conversation is mainly about the human mentality how it works, why some people are enjoying going through different challenges. Um, And usually those challenges are not regular challenges in life that we all go through, but challenges that we put ourselves into. So I want to open this conversation with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. I want to open this conversation with Dr. Andrade and Dr. Malikov Zali, and I'm going to ask you a question. And the question is this, do you know the quote by Sir Edmund Hillary, what he said when he was asked about why do you climb the mountain? Like he was a famous mountaineer person and somebody asked him, why do you climb those mountains or why do you climb that mountain? Do you know the answer to that? I want to, I want, I'm going to guess. I'm going to say it's like, why that mountain is, why is that mountain there or something like that? I, 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 I remember hearing that quote. I remember it's, yeah, it's a very powerful quote. Yeah. I remember hearing it, but I'm not sure. I don't want to say it. So why right. don't you so say it? He said, because it is there. Oh, you're right, Alex. Yay. Alex, you're on the right track there. All right. All right. And so my question, my real question then, now that I got that puzzle out there, was, what does that mean? Is it, what is he, what is the challenge for uh, Sir Edmund Hillary or anybody who's doing mountaineering or running a marathon? I think I I just guess, and it's just totally my opinion. uh, I was just thinking if I was the one who says that is because in life, there's so many unknowns and we don't know, but when something exists and is there, I want to discover it. Okay. If something exists and is there and you want to discover it. Yeah. You want to know about it. you want to have some sort of interaction with it? Do you want to, you want to see what is there, you know, because I know our mind always goes with so many unknown and not knowing what is going on in general in life that we don't have answer for. 
maybe very few people have said things about it that we haven't discovered. But when something exists and is there, I can have, you know, access to it. So why not? Okay. Okay. So curiosity or intrigue. Yeah. Maybe. Alex, ideas? Yeah. I think there's something about taking on a personal challenge that shows us a part of ourselves, And sometimes we don't even know what that is. And so I think it's one of those things where I, I, and I love that quote that you shared too. It reminds me a good friend of mine um, kind of had a similar mentality uh, at one point uh, prior to me. I know I've talked in the show before about moving to Chicago prior to the thought of even ever trying to move out of state, uh, a good friend of mine moved to Hawaii. And I remember asking him, I was like, why are you moving to Hawaii? And his answer was so eloquent and similar in that way. It was why not? And it was simple, but it like, I was like, I don't know. I don't know why not. Like that was something he pointed to said, I love the ocean. I love the beach. I want to surf. I've never done that. Let me, let me, let me, let me pose that as a personal challenge to myself. Let me work towards that goal of moving there. And so I, I think there's this part of us that sometimes wants to see like, what would that be like? What would it be like to even think about trying that? And then it becomes this thing where, you know, you climb a mountain, you start at the bottom, you know, you, you got to probably figure out what boots to wear and what rope you need and what gear you need. And then you just build and build and build and talk to people who do that kind of thing. And maybe it's like, okay, that's the thing I'm going to do now and see what that's like. And I think that's so cool when we can point to something and say, let me see what that's like for me. Let me create that as not just a challenge, but something that can maybe even give me some purpose and some meaning in my life beyond just the activity in of itself. Is it anything to do with ego? Because I was just thinking sometimes your ego is, um, is telling you, you want to do something that is big and you want to prove to yourself that you did it, or you want to prove to other people that you did it. Well, I think that, from my perspective, I think that can enter into it and leads to my next question though. And I want to come back to that part, the ego part, but the next question is this, do you think that it is due to uncovering or it, it is challenging some ingrained, ingrained unconscious belief like Alex, your friend, I could imagine when he was saying that, that it would come up like, like I might say, well, I always thought I had to just stay here and do this kind of work. That's one of those, it's an an unexamined belief that's a little deeper inside. And I'm wondering if maybe that was at play in some of that, that those, that people who are pushing that are really pushing to uncover those unexamined internal beliefs. They've, they've never been really examined and we just assume it's, you know, like a lot of cultural things. I don't know. We've always done it that way. Why do you cook the roast that way? I don't know. That's why my mom did it. It's the way I do it. It's the way you're supposed to do it. I think I it's both. Oh, I, I think it's both. I think it's some people are feeling pushed to uncover something. And I think others just kind of like stumble upon it in that way. And it just becomes this thing for them. So I think there are those people who are feeling like I'm needing that or that's speaking to me for some reason. But I also think that a lot of people kind of stumble upon these things that they 
end up enjoying or end up being passionate about. Uh, I, I think I always try to remember, I think, especially in the work that we do, I think not a lot of people are very, I think there's a good amount of people in the world who aren't so insightful. They just, they're not thinking about what they're thinking about, or they're not reflecting constantly. They're just living their life. And so it's like, oh yeah, somebody mentioned that. Yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Let me try that. Or, oh yeah, like my friend did that. So I did that. And then that becomes something to them, their passion, their interest. And so I think there are both kind of groups, people who are like, you know what, there's something about this that I need to do, or I have to, I feel, you know, driven to. And I was just thinking sometimes maybe the fear of something that you don't know about, you want to fight that fear in you and you want to go for it and, and fight your um, fear. You know, I mean, there are so many other psychological issues that I have in my mind that comes to place when you want to try something, you know, um, and, and there's, there are two parts to it. One is your personal way of looking at things. And the other is in connection to people. Um, so sometimes you want to prove something to people. Sometimes you want to fight your own fear about something um, and you want to give it a try and you want to just say, you know, even if I fail, I want to try it. So I feel like there's so many things involved with that. Or we want to prove to ourselves. Yeah, that too. That too. It can be part of that personal transformation as well. Yes. Well, Alex, here's a question. When you, when your friend said that to you, did that cause you to rethink, oh, well, okay, maybe I could do something similar. Did that open you up somehow when he was like, whoa. Yeah, it blew my mind. I, I, I jokingly tell I'm a, my friend's name is Tony. I jokingly tell Tony, it's your fault that I'm a psychologist. It's your fault, you know, that, you know, you blew my mind in that way, too. And I mean, you're one of those other people in my life, Daniel, who kind of did that because like you were asking me about psychological things and encouraging me to think bigger in that way. And it's like, wait, I can be this maybe. And, and, and for Tony, it introduced me to the idea, wait, I can live somewhere else. And so this, these ideas almost like, I, I do feel like it was like a lightning strike, like, oh, wait, like that's okay. Or that's possible in that way where I, I jokingly tell people sometimes I had a, a vision of my life based on, like you said, like related to cultural things, as far as like what the script was or what that narrative was. Like I was probably going to continue to work for the state of California. Like I had probably going to have kids uh, when I'm being kind of, um, pessimistic. I'm like, I probably would have got divorced. You know, like I, I probably would have been like what I see a lot of people to work, you know, good job, but not, you know, like happy, but like, you know, I could do it. It's an okay job. And so, you know, just kind of this idea of maintaining or, you know, not even thinking about thriving, but just managing, like, that's what I'd seen. That's kind of what I'd envision versus this idea of like, wow, I could be a psychologist. I could be a doctor. Wait, I can live anywhere I want to, like I could live in a big city like Chicago, like, oh my God, like the, it was, it was baffling to me in that way. I could, I could have a psychology practice in both Sacramento and Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I would have never, I would have never imagined such things. Yeah. I'd, I'd call you a liar, a dirty, dirty liar. If you ever said, Hey, Alex, you'll be able to do that someday. You know, I, I, respectfully, I would have called you a liar, but you know, I just wouldn't have been able to fathom that. And so, yeah, I think that 
for me, like you said, it, it kind of broke the mold of like, what is a challenge that I can pursue or what is something that I can aim toward in my own life in that way? Well, before we move on to side A, because I have questions for you side A, but Alex, when you came to me, weren't you a student of psychology already? Or didn't you have planned to do something as a psychologist? Uh, honestly, no. <laughs> honestly, like I was working for the state full time. And I just was taking classes that I liked and psychology was the courses that I enjoyed. And it was one of those things where part of that next step, part of the requirement for graduation was I needed to do an internship and I had no idea about an internship or what that even really meant. And so when I met you, I was just figuring out that. And I think that's why our union was perfect because you were like, I never had a student before. And I'm like, I never had a mentor before. And so we were like, let's just figure out what this is. And you're like, I'll sign off on the paper. I was like, cool, we could do that. And so like, I, I feel like it really worked in that way. And it showed me like, oh, because like at that point, I still had not fathomed of like that idea that I, that, that there was even career opportunities associated with that in a way where there would be like the independence that I have now. It was more of like, could I get a job in psychology versus can I be a psychologist? Like that, that was never the connect in that way. And then so meeting you, I seen like, oh, like, and I've said it on the air before jokingly, I was like, oh, you don't have to be a perfect person to be a psychologist. Like Daniel was <laughs> just Daniel. And it was just like awesome because he was like a great psychologist but then also a real person. And, and that's the thing that, 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 that type of job was always on a pedestal for me, where it was like this white collar job that, you know, people do. And it's like, you have to be really knowledgeable and really smart and probably have all your stuff, you know, in order personally, you know, you're like a per basically a, you know, a, a, a actualized person, you know, but uh, yeah, it, I learned like, wait, you could just be a person learning this and interested in it and wanting to advance and grow. So yeah, for me, that's like literally like a whole new world being opened up right in front of me. All right. We should uh, go to a break. And then when we come back from break side, so we will hear from you about uh, yeah, and I have, I have special questions for you too. Sure. Say. And I have two things in regard to what Alex was saying that I would like to talk about uh, before your questions and maybe response to your questions anyways. But uh, let's just have a break and I say something in Farsi. Shanabandegan Aziz Radio Bamdad, Ma Behamrahe Dr. Daniel Rockers, that Dr. Alexandra Dembrus. در خدمتون هستیم صدای ما رو از رادیو بامداد میشنوین روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه به زبان انگلیسی و صحبت های ما معمولا به صورت اتفاقی و ساده ولی همش جنبه های روانشناسی و کمک به فهمیدن بعضی از چیز مسائلی که ما به طور روزمره خودمونم باش مواجه هستیم و همطور از تجاربی که ما در کارمون با آدم با انسان هایی که سرکار داریم میاریم توی برنامهمون امیدوارم برنامه ما رو به توجه کنین و اگه کسانی هستن که فکر میکنین از این برنامه استفاده میکنن ازشون دعوت کنین به برنامه ما گوش بدن ما پادکست های زیادی تا کنون درست کردیم از برنامه هامون که میتونین از طریق اپل و از طریق سپاریفای به صدای صحبت هامون گوش بدین در زمان های مناسب و 
برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandradi. This is Dr. Saide Malik Hapsali speaking. Um, and at the beginning of the show, we talked about um, can we make difficult things doable? And can we also think of different people that they do enjoyable things, um, but also they put themselves into a lot of challenges. And that conversation came to um, you know, why do we go to some profession? Why do we choose something? What happens in life? And um, Dr. Andrade talked about when I met Dr. Daniel Rockers, I felt like he's a real person, but he's a psychologist. I want to say that because I want to go back to that. Many people don't think um, your profession is separate than you, and they always put it together. For example, and a medical doctor um, eats that way or a medical doctor does this or a psychologist does this. And I like to emphasize on that, that professions are separate from the real person you are. And I was happy that you mentioned that, that you said, I, I met Dr. Rockers and I realized that he's a real person, but he's a psychologist um, because many times um, people see this um, as one. And it's good to know that anyone with any profession, if you separate that, they're real people. And I remember uh, Mariana Falacci, or Falanchi, who was a very famous reporter. Uh, she actually wrote a book about her conversation with all the kings and um, presidents of the world. She actually interviewed almost everyone, the biggest people in positions that they were. And I never forget when I read her book, at the very end, she said, after all, with all these power, with all these that they have, all these presidents and kings of the world, they're people like us. And that was something that, um, you know, it resonated with me 
that always remember that anyone you see at any position after all their people. And the other thing I was going to say, when you talked about your friend going to Hawaii or you deciding what, you know, you ended up with Chicago here and all of that. One other thing that came to my mind was when Dyer, who is a, a inspirational speaker, who is a very mystic person uh, in one of his um, shows that there were probably 3,000, 4,000 people and he was on the stage. He said something that also resonated to me that is connected to what you said. And he said, I talked to some people and the, uh, their view is so narrow. They think like, can I have a house? Can I buy a house? But think bigger. This whole universe, there's so many walk by the oceans, all that land is yours. You look a little bit of uh, technical difficulties, but we're back. Our colleague Saide Malakov Zali was mentioning this idea too, and Daniel, we can jump on this, the idea of kind of thinking bigger. And uh, definitely she'll, she'll be back with us in a moment, but that idea of breaking the mold, kind of expanding this option, the, the, the idea of what are our opportunities, what's available to us. And I know for myself, that's something that at certain points in my life, that, that idea kind of question comes up, but definitely something where I think we, 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 I always say we see the world through our own eyes and sometimes it feels like, well, this is what life is. I, I recently I was having a conversation with my brother and he was, he kept re repeating this phrase. He was like, well, that's the truth. And I was like, no, no, your truth is what you see it. My truth can be very different. You know, so I think we can get in this place where that narrative, that truth can, you know, be comforting and familiar, but it could also be something that could limit us in some ways. And so it's one of those things we have to, to be aware of what that means for us. Yeah, that's what I was referring to earlier when I was asking about the examining those ingrained assumptive beliefs that we have, but we've never examined them and we don't really know what they are until something comes up. I think a big part of this is about opening our thinking mind so that we can consider all these other possibilities. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in undergraduate at Kansas State University and I was working out at the agronomy farm, and there was a bunch of stuff out there. I worked with this other guy, I can't remember his name, but there was some pieces of stainless steel. And he said, oh, you know what? I want to take those. And he was talking. He says, I, you know what? I'm going to build a muffler from that. And I said, you can't build a muffler. Like, I just was thinking, nobody can build a muffler. This is what you buy in the store. And his response was great. And I still remember it now, what, 40, 40 years later, he said, yeah, you can. He says, you can build anything you want. And it just struck me and stuck with me. And I like, he's right. His mind was open. He's like, you can, you can build a muffler. Cause I was thinking, oh, like all this, you know, all the baffles and all what, I don't even know what goes into a muffler, but something as simple as that it really taught me an important lesson. Yeah, you can, you can build just about anything you want. I think that's such a cool concept. Saidee, uh, you're back. Uh, we were telling listeners to, we had a little bit of technical difficulties. Yeah. Wanted to give you space to continue your thoughts. So you left off before you got disconnected, uh, the, the idea of thinking bigger. Yeah. So I think you mentioned there's a lot of land along the coast. Uh, did you want to yeah. continue? 
and and also the fact that he was just describing um no, we, we could hear you. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought it was connected again. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. You're good. Yeah. And he was also talking about, like, imagine there's a castle with 100 rooms, and you're in one of these rooms. You don't have any idea there are 99 other rooms. Just because you haven't opened the door to look at this other places that exist in this castle. And it just, it was just sort of eye-opening. It just resonated in me that there are so many things around you and in life that you don't see or you don't even open your horizon to just think they exist. And and I can also do it, you know, and, and I can open the door and look at things that exist and I can be part of that. Yeah, that definitely. It's it's sometimes just so it's just so unknown to us. And I always say sometimes it's tough. We can't know what we don't know. And so it's until we're met with those those challenges or those, uh, you know, those those opportunities even or just a different way of thinking that we can start to see it a little differently. That's why I think going all the way back to puzzles, it was funny when we first started talking about this, I was thinking, I don't really like puzzles. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say today. But I think it, it, I do like that feeling of, it reminds me of that feeling of being lost, where all of a sudden you realize like landmarks around you and you're like, oh, I know where I'm at. Oh yeah. Okay. Wait, that's that way. And this is this way. And I was just thinking right now with a puzzle, there comes a point where I've, I've my mom likes doing puzzles. So every now and then she's like, do a puzzle with me. And I'm like, no. And then she'll start it. And I just sit there and then I'm on the side and I realize I'm like, Hey, I think that piece goes there. Or, Hey, I think that piece goes there. <laughs> and before I know it, I'm doing it with her, but it's this idea of like, Oh wait, I can start to see this picture. I can start to kind of make sense of that. And so I think similarly in that way of, you know, when we're feeling like these things are unknown to us, and then we can start to maybe see them as options for us or possibilities, or even say, wait, I could maybe pursue that. I totally agree with that. The, the topic, this topic came about because I've been working on these star battle puzzles. There's something I picked up last year there in the New York Times, and it's a 10 by 10 grid, and it's a logic type puzzle. And what you have to do is get two stars in each row and two stars in each column. And then there's a third requirement. These shapes are drawn over this grid. And so there's like 10 different shapes that they take different kind of little outlines of some of the squares. And within each of those shapes, you also have to have two of the stars. So you're putting these stars in the rows and columns but you also have to make sure that only two go in each of those outlined shapes, as well as the rows and the columns. And when I first started doing them, this was when COVID started out, I saw some in the New York Times and I thought, that's interesting. Let me see if I could do one of these. And I had a hard time figuring it out. And then I realized, oh, here's a little bit of how you can do that. And as I got farther into them, I learned more. I looked them up on the internet. I said, well, how do you do these? What's the What's the thinking that's involved? Now, I can remember getting to a point last year where I had essentially exhausted my knowledge of how to do those because I was working through this book and I got up to a level and it required a different, little different type of thinking on that. 
And I got stuck because I couldn't jump to that. And I remember that feeling of looking at the puzzle, like I can't see anything. I don't know what to do here. I don't have any idea how to go about solving this puzzle. And that was a real helpless feeling. And I think you referenced that, Alex, it's there's that it's just a helplessness, like a thought helplessness. It's just, there's nothing, there's nothing to grab onto. If I was climbing a mountain, it'd be like, I can't see any holds there. And actually, now that I mention it, it's similar to learning rock climbing because a lot of the rock climbers, they end up with these little tiny fingertip holds. But if you, and if you go to the climbing gym and you look at some of those walls that they're climbing, you're like, no, you can't get up the wall that way. (laughs) But People do it and you can figure it out. I don't know, that's the challenge. My thinking is this. I think all of this, what we've talked about and the idea of puzzles and challenges is, and when Sir Edmund Hillary said, because it is there, he's not conquering the mountain, he's conquering himself. It's his own mind. It's our own mind that we're conquering. That's my take on it. I think that's why these challenges is like, can I grow myself well enough to be able to do those? What's your thought? What do you think? Well, let's just have a break and come back to continue our conversation. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من به همراه دکتر راکرز و دکتر اندراده امروز در خدمتون هستیم. برنامه امروز ما راجع به این هستش که ما چطور در زندگی میتونیم نگاهمون رو عوض بکنیم و بتونیم اون دید افق دیدمون رو وسیع‌تر بکنیم. هر کاری که بخوایم در حقیقت میتونیم بکنیم. تمام اون به اصطلاح صدهایی رو که ما در زندگی ایجاد میکنیم صدهایی که خودمون برای خودمون خیلی وقتا میسازیم و چطور میشه که در این چالش هایی که تو زندگی چه به طور طبیعی و چه چالش هایی که ما خودمون رو توش میندازیم چه چیزی باعث میشه که ما کارهای سخت رو میکنیم و یک لذتی و یک خوشحالی توش هست که اون به ما در حقیقت یک انگیزه ای میده برای رفتن به دنبال کارهای سخت در این دو قسمت برنامه که شما اگر تازه رادیو رو باز کردین ما به زبان انگلیسی در این مورد صحبت کردیم و صحبتهای زیادی در همین زمینه شد و برمیگردیم دنبال صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم
we're back at the last part of our show. Um, the first two parts, there was a lot of back and forth between us, but main conversation was when we open our um, horizons view or our view um, to our horizon, the bigger we see, the, the bigger things we can do, the limit we create for ourselves, we make our life limited. So basically a lot of conversation around that and Dr. Rockers actually end up at the very last part talking about his um, puzzle that he created and the uh, similarity to actually mountain climbing. So in anything we do, when we get to a bigger challenge and we sort of don't know what comes next and what we need to do, we hit one of those obstacles that then what do we do after? So I give it back to Dr. Rocker so he can continue. I think you asked a question of us, Daniel, uh, right towards the end there, right? Yes. Do you, do you mind repeating that question? Uh, I don't even remember the question. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was about conquering ourselves. Like this is about not conquering the mountain, but maybe conquering something within ourselves. Uh, yeah, I think that that's what the challenge is about most of the time. Early on in the program, we were talking about challenging ingrained beliefs, uncovering unexamined beliefs. And Side Day was asking about ego. And I'm wondering, I'm thinking that it is about conquering what's inside. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's, I, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, this idea of these personal challenges. I call them personal challenges that I give myself. So they, they have no meaning of themselves. Like nobody's assigning them, but it's something I'm looking at is like, can I do that? What could I get from that? And then even just that idea spreads and grows to let me, kind of share that I'm having this idea with somebody that I want to maybe pursue this. And so it's something that I think is giving me something, the idea of pursuing it, let alone the idea of actually doing it and seeing like, what is this like for me? So I always, I think I've talked about it before on the air, the idea of openness and flexibility. I'm trying to approach this with myself in different ways. Like, oh, let me see what it's like to pose this personal challenge for myself as, as you know, it's going to give me something, it's going to do something for me. But along those lines too, it's a great question too. And I've, I've been wrestling with that too. Is this ego? Is this to say to others that I'm doing this? Or is this to gain some notoriety or people can say, oh yeah, look, you're doing that thing. And that's, I think, a very important uh, piece of it. I, I, I'm For myself, I'm not wanting it to be for others or for people to view me away. I'm wanting this to be for me. And so sometimes that even makes me, <clears throat> excuse me, a little hesitant to share with people because I don't want to be misperceived as I'm doing this and, oh, look, look, look at this great thing that I'm doing or, oh, look, I'm, you know, going to do this. And so that means, you know, I'm, you know, I'm really good or I'm really awesome at this thing. No, it's more of like, this is for me. I think most of my things are to show others that I'm awesome or something like that. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I'd like to say it's personal growth, but it's probably a stuckness. But it's an important point here. Is it for personal growth or is it to show others? If it is to show others, it's kind of the opposite of personal growth, right? Mm -hmm. It's a stuckness. It's like I'm stuck in this needing to do. Whereas if it's personal growth, that's like changing and examining all my beliefs. Yeah. Dr. Malikov Zali. Yes. 
What is your um, what are my thoughts? Yeah, I, it, you know, every time we have a conversation, I go back to my own life, my own childhood, my own growing up, my own career choices I had. And I, um, I personally think it's combination of all of this, you know, uh, you know, sometimes you want to prove to your family that, you know, you can do this. Sometimes you want to prove to yourself. Sometimes, you know, it took me back to Alfred Adler, who actually talks about his life and the competition he had with his brother, you know, and, and made him who be, who became, you know. So sometimes we forget that so many things in our life, without even noticing, without even going back to dig into it, causes um, our, our whole perceptions of life, our whole steps we take in life, you know. So I go back to our childhood. Our, I think our childhood is, is really telling us a lot. What causes that we do so many things without even noticing why we do that? If we are competitor, if we are, you know, observer, if a lot of it goes back to who we are. So I, I just wanted to just open actually this part of our conversation too. If we're proving, if we're busy proving to others, don't we eventually prove it to ourselves? For some people who are deeper and who really uh, start thinking about, you know, deeper part of this whole thing in life, but some people, they just never figure that out. You know, they just live with that mindset all their lives. Yeah, I think so, some people, yeah, similar. I think some people can, but then some people are constantly stuck in that. I need to show. Because think yeah. about it, if, we, if we're just living to show others, there's always more we can do. And I think people will struggle to acknowledge and value what they have done. And so it's like, oh, no, it's not, it's not good enough. Like, you know, what does it mean to be, you know, an excellent psychologist? You know, like, does that mean everybody in my community has to know everybody in the state has to know everybody in the world has to know and think about it. Then you're, then you keep pushing the bar to a point where it's like, it, it, it can be the only thing that you're focusing on. Like who knows my name versus being like, okay, am I having a singular, you know, single, uh, a good session with this one single patient, you know, versus that bigger, much more difficult to achieve goal, I think. And, and the other thing is, at one point in life, you really stop and you think, um, you realize how in the bigger picture that you look at, how small things you do is or are things you do, you know, in a bigger scope of what's happening in the world. For example, information that every second is coming out or different um theories, different things in life is happening, inventions, technology. I mean, think about it. And then you stop and you go, I am nothing in this big thing, you know, and it, actually it gets to a point that you finally realize that you're a very small piece of this whole thing, which is important, not that it isn't, but it sort of brings you back to humbleness. It brings you back to, you know, I need to understand that whatever I'm doing, it's it's just so little. So 
I should actually work on my humbleness more than anything. You know what I mean? It's just sort of combination of all of this. Sounds on the like one hand, question. you're doing things you want to do, but on the other hand, you want to be humble. What did you say, Dan? I said, that sounds dangerously like depression. Like, <laughs> I don't matter. What I do doesn't matter. Alex, no, no, help no, me no. out of this conundrum. What's no, the difference no. between depression no. and what side A say? No, no, I'm talking about, honestly, it's more like humbleness, more like, yes, I do, I try, I live, I, uh, I'm i ambitious, I want to do all these things for the good of people or, or for my self-awareness and all of that. But at the very end, you don't want to show off and, and say, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm doing that. You know what I mean? I'm just sort of bringing all this mix um, to, to talk about it, that you finally get to a point that, yes, you're doing this. Yes, you have done all this. If you have reached this, but then at the very end, what did you do to, for self-awareness? What did you do for your own growth personally? You know, I mean, these questions come to our mind at certain point in life. And, and that's how we started Tavana, basically, right? So we started thinking, okay, we have done all this so far for ourselves. Now what do we want to give to our community? That's, that's sort of things I mean. I was just thinking too, and I almost feel like Daniel should be asking this question, but if we were just doing this for ourselves too, isn't that also feeding the ego, but in a way that could be dangerous too, because then we're disconnected from others. Like I'm just doing this for me. And so we're just focused on giving to ourselves in a way where I don't even care what other people think. And I may not even involve anyone so we can get disconnected from others. So I think that could be like almost on the opposite end of the spectrum. We don't want to do it for the fame or the notoriety, but then we don't want to do it in isolation either. So it's like, is there this middle ground where we can say we're doing this thing and it gives to us and it gives to maybe others in the world in that way. I definitely think it's, um, it should be combination of both, you know, because in any ways, if you go to extreme, you have gone to extreme. You have to always, just like being in the center, it's like always remember the combination of all of that, you know, um, because at the end, when you think um, that this combination is actually put you in the middle. If you don't, you're not going to be centered. Yeah, I think there's some element in there of need versus enjoyment. You know, if I do something because I need to prove to others or I need to prove to myself uh, that versus the enjoyment of it. I'm thinking of for myself, I've talked about the baking that I do. And I enjoy that. I enjoy that learning process. And there is an element where I like people seeing what I've done. But for the most part, I'm, it's like this morning with some croissants that I made over the weekend, I told Jan, I said, you, you can do it, whatever you want with these. I said, I'm, I've made them. That was for me, that was the enjoyment part of it. You can throw them away, you can eat them, give them to your dad, do whatever you want. I really don't care that's my own quest of learning and enjoying and figuring it out. It's like a puzzle for me. By the way, too, I, I like free croissants. So if there's <laughs> ever a time where you're talking about throwing them away. All right. Think about me first. Be like, I was going to throw these away, 
but I'll give them to you, Alex. I'll take them. I'll take them. All right. Okay. <laughs> they were really good croissants. I have. Yeah. To say. Yeah. Don't throw them away. Give them to me. I'm down the street. I, I will drive by. I'll All pop right. my trunk open. You can throw them in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No COVID contact. Yeah. Please. There you go. There you go. Right. I, I will ask for coffee though, too. I'm like, put some coffee back there too. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're good to go. My question is, Dan, how much butter did you use for the croissant? Because that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's this recipe. Concern. Uh, this recipe actually had uh, quite a bit butter. I'm the challenge to me also is like figuring out in the recipes. It's you figure out the baker's what's called baker's percentage, and they do the percentages of the ingredients. And when you lay out your recipe in terms of percentages like that you can scale your recipes to whatever size. You can do them small, you can do them large, you can do it for as much flour as you've got, things like that. It's a, it's like a puzzle. It's a math puzzle, essentially. But back to your original question, the butter was quite a bit. In <laughs> fact, it was like a pound and a quarter. You know how croissants are made? You have a butter block that you wrap that block in dough, and then you roll that out and fold it and roll it out again and fold it and roll it out again and fold it. Do that four times, and then roll it out and then make your croissants from that. So that butter block that starts out like an inch, inch and a half thick, then gets to these very thin layers because it's like a few hundred layers. And that's what makes that croissant puff up. But this was like a pound and a quarter of butter and we'll probably make uh, 18 croissants. Yeah. You enough can to share, just to be clear. It's enough to share with <laughs> your radio mates. We can. <laughs> that, right. That's why Saida asked that question. She was like, how many can you make us? That was the question. Oh, <laughs> I missed that part. I missed that part. Just kidding. Uh, now, we did talk about um, a future show where we make croissants on the show. Yeah, I really like that because I like to learn, too. And then maybe we can have a live show while we're making croissant. We can talk and we can have our show. Because I think in many things that you feel like it's uh, simple things in life and it's nothing to do with psychology. There's a lot of psychology in everything we do. And I want to go back to this start because every time we talk about something, I always feel like, what is it for listeners? What is it that we can give to listeners? Talking about these challenges, like you last time talked about what an amazing outcome you had from your challenge making one of these uh, croissant or cream puffs that you talked about. But then at the end, it just made you a different person by thinking of perseverance, by thinking of patience, by all of these things that made you to be in order to be able to be successful in what you were trying to do. So this game or this um, puzzle or things we started with the challenges, um, you know, it's, it's the same thing, you know? Well, yeah, that, and that, you ask about ego and you reference this thing again. And my meltdown that happened 30 years ago, when I was make, learning to make the puff pastry dough, which is the same type of dough as croissanto, my meltdown was the resolution to that meltdown. Alex, I think you were gone, but I was talking about, I got so mad 
I was trying to make this and I couldn't make it and it kept messing it up. And I lost my savoir faire and was banging the edge of the countertop with my rolling pan, put dents in my rolling pan. I was like making animal type grunting sounds. I was so angry. I just lost as my meltdown. But the resolution to that meltdown was I had that realization or I changed from doing these, this baking for somebody else to see how great I was. I changed out of that into I'm just making it for me. And the way that I did that was to say, I'm going to keep making this dough until I know how to make this dough. And every one of these batches is slated for the trash can. What happened in that resolution is I let go of that attachment to somebody else seeing it. If they do, that's great. If they don't, that's great. But I was able to let go. And so ever since then, with my baking, I've generally been able to say, it doesn't matter. Every time I make this, I'm learning. Everyone is a practice. There's power to that too. There's power to letting go in that way. There was, you know, here was the deal. I had such a hard time learning how to make that pastry dough up to that point and got so angry. And as soon as I made that decision, that clear decision that I'm going to throw everyone away as long until I can learn how to make it, it came pretty quickly after that. I was free because I was focused on the learning. Every time was learning. What's that side A? I was just wondering while you were speaking to what happened, um, what it, what makes us to finally, because there are so many things in our head that we know we have to change um, in order to make life easier for us, in order to make life more enjoyable for us. What is it or what can we do to get to that? Because it's a challenge within. You know you have to do these things in order to get to this. You know you have to do those things in order to get to that. But what is it that you're stuck? I'd like to know. But the question is, how do you get beyond it? Or what is your question? How do you get beyond that, that you have the understanding that you need to make these changes to get over some of the challenges? But I guess... Um, to be more clear is you know what your challenge is that doesn't let you get there. How do you overcome that? I'll give one answer. And then Alex, I would invite you to give your answer too. My view on it is I think that a key element is acceptance and a key element is persistence. We have to look at ourselves and examine those rough spots in ourselves and we have to that's the acceptance of it and we have to be persistent at wanting to work our way through those i think also the appreciation of small gains the small steps forward i just i preach this probably every single day as a psychologist to my clients alex what's your take i just want to say i do agree completely with that Uh, answer as well. Uh, The only thing I maybe could add to it is that idea too of just, and I think you touched on it in this way, this idea of like surrendering. And I find that there's such power in surrendering because then it reduces that pressure, that expectation. 
And it allows us to become an observer again, where let's see what comes from this. Let's see what happens versus being like, well, no, it has to be this way, or this is what's supposed to happen. And not resignation either. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not just not giving up on it. Yeah. Yeah. But surrender in the sense of letting go of my attachment to Mm -hmm. some particular end product and focus on process maybe more. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's awesome because I was just thinking even a small gain that you said, we can celebrate those small gains and go from there and be motivated and create those motivation by gaining those small steps that we um, are successful in um, going through our goals. So with that, uh, I appreciate that we ended up having something for our listeners to um, encourage them regarding, you know, the challenges that they have and things they want to reach. Just accept where your uh, shortcomings are, um, have more self-awareness, dig into where is it that you are stuck and with that, start working towards it. And um, now we are at the end of our show. So we, like always, we want to end each of us with a statement. I'll jump in there first. Uh, Daniel, my statement is specifically to you. I want croissants. That's, uh, I want <laughs> listeners to know. I want croissants. That is your challenge. You must accept it. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> right. We just talked about acceptance. That was a it's setup, just, Alex. We, it was. It was. I didn't yeah. realize we were headed in that direction. Just more, a more encouragement for us to do the live show. So, yes. But uh, no, what, what I'll leave with listeners is uh, just, just kind of lean into uh, almost as you were describing your experience, Daniel, of kind of, you know, kind of refocusing, you know, lean into that pressure of not knowing. Cause I think that allows us to start to say, how am I seeing this? What am I putting on myself? So if we lean into that feeling, it can be that reminder that we need to maybe try something differently. We need to step back and see ourselves and how we're approaching it. So we can approach it in the way that we're wanting to, or in a way that it gives to us. All right. Very well stated. I would add to that. You should always be growing. If you're not growing, you are probably stagnating, which means you're probably going backwards. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people should always be growing. And that means find challenges for yourself in some small way. A lot of people find that in puzzles or games or hobbies, challenge yourself in some way so that you can always be growing and becoming more than what you are. Yeah, and I want to say learning is a big part of um, challenges we create for ourselves because anything new that we learn, there's a challenge. Um, For example, I would love to learn from Dr. Rockers how to make the um, croissant or the cream puff. Um, and, And I feel like, yes, you have to put yourself into challenge when you're learning something. And it may not work out the first few times that you make it, but you have to be persistent and opening yourself to challenges gives you motivation. So I think learning brings motivation. Wanting to learn brings motivation. So with that, I want to thank my friends and my colleagues, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, and um, just say have a wonderful Saturday to our listeners.
سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این با کمی بهتر نوشت آشقی را غرق در باور نوشت قصه ها را از
همچو حافظ پای کوبان و غزل خان لشکر غم را به بر فلک سفی نمانده این زمانه هر بزن تا بی کرانه سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این با کمی بهتر شنیرا غرق در باور از کجا این باور آمد رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا